This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is Larry H. Russell, host of Celtics Beat and author of Ball of the Boston Celtics. Thank you yet again for downloading the number one podcast on the web dedicated to the NBA's winningest franchise, Celtics Beat. CLNS Radio truly values your patronage. Because of your loyalty to making Celtics Beat the most downloaded weekly Celtics podcast online, we would love to offer a free copy of my critically acclaimed book available at clnsradio.com slash book. That's clnsradio.com slash book. Happy reading and enjoy today's broadcast. Today is Sunday, May 22nd, 2016. This is Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio. And I'm Larry H. Russell. May 22nd, Celtics fans, remember that date, May 22nd, 2007. The infamous Greg Oden, Kevin Durant lottery. Hard to believe that was nine years ago today. The time, it just goes by too fast, doesn't it? But while today is a lottery anniversary day, this past Tuesday was the 2016 NBA Draft Lottery in which the Boston Celtics came away with the number three overall selection in this coming NBA Draft. A lot of people upset, thought Boston got bad lottery luck. Once again, missing out on a franchise talent. Some come see, come saw, some even happy, including myself, if for no other reason. Finally, they didn't get outright shafted in the lotto, moving backwards as they always seem to do. They held serve. Yay, thank God. What will the Celtics do with the pick? What are their options once Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons are off the board? Well, today's featured guest will be, for my money, the best and the preeminent voice when it comes to amateur basketball prospects. Basketball insider and college hoops savant ESPN's Jeff Goodman coming up very shortly on episode number 158 of Celtics Beat, which this week is being brought to you by Blue Apron and American Farmers Network.com. Before we get down to basketball, want to take care of some family business here. Heard me mention Blue Apron sponsoring this week's show. Want to officially welcome in Blue Apron to the fall at CLNS Radio. Many of you know of and probably even already use Blue Apron. Really excited about this partnership because whenever I get the chance, as you know, be it boisterously or subtly, I really try to pass along a very important message that not all ingredients are created equal, as in those on the back of the food label that you can't even pronounce. Organic, fresh, natural, and single ingredients are what your body needs and can digest. It just tastes better. So our newest sponsor, Blue Apron, knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron offers variety, flexible meals, and is very easy to prepare. We would love if you gave Blue Apron a shot in support of this network and show. It is a win-win, eat healthy, and enjoyably and help fund this operation. So check out this week's menu and get your two meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat, all one word. That is blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. One more thing. Got another contest giveaway. Now that the season's in the books, we can't give away tickets. But thanks to our newest sponsor again, it'd be a big support to all of us. Anyone who's interested in Blue Apron to use that Celtics Beat address. But our latest contest, thanks to the good folks at Blue Apron, one month's worth of meals, $800 value. So free food. Winner announced on the NBA Draft Recap Show. On June 26th here on Celtics Beat, 
month's worth of food from Blue Apron. Enter the drawing by subscribing, rating, and reviewing Celtics Beat on iTunes. Again, subscribe, rate, and review. Got a review so we can see your name and enter it into the drawing. And need the subscription to review. It just takes 20 seconds. Subscribe, rate, and review to enter a contest to win four weekly deliveries courtesy of Blue Apron. Free food, free shipping, valued $800. Subscribe, rate, and review. Celtics Beat on iTunes. Now, now to Tuesday's lottery, which, by the way, I have yet to watch. Not sure I will. Got the results Wednesday a.m., Ah, smartphones, ah, technology. Went to bed that night pretty confident that Boston was going to come away with a three because once at official Matumbo spilled the beans. That was the biggest storyline of that night. And the following day, is this the smoking gun? Has it finally been revealed that the draft lottery is a bag job? Dikembe tweeted that out at around 4 o'clock. The media, I believe... Select members of the media were invited into the bingo room around 6 o'clock-ish Eastern time. So I don't know. Matumbo, Matumbo's reasoning, and she's, what I really meant to say was I was just congratulating them for their odds. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, anyways, Deke let it fly. So I knew it was around 75%-ish that Boston was going to wind up with that third pick because that would have meant that the lottery held serve, which it did. First time in draft lottery history that has happened, but it did, and we've seemingly been prepared for it in in prior weeks. I I know many have been. Our last two guests on this show, Mike Gorman last week, Bob Ryan two weeks ago on episode number 156, both episodes available in the Solid Beat archives on iTunes and Stitcher. The name Buddy Heald and discussion around Buddy Heald from Oklahoma, sharpshooting Suna. Both Gorman and Ryan, they want him. Largely because he brings a skill that the Celtics do not have nearly enough of throughout the roster, and that being outside shooting. Great piece this past week, by the way, yet again by Mike Walsh in the Celtics magazine on CLNSradio.com. This being on Boston, putting the need to add more leadership to the unit to go along with shooting. But Mr. Walsh astutely pointed this out, that since 2013, Boston has ranked no higher than 27th. 27th in the NBA in outside shooting. So you can see why two great basketball minds and average college basketball observers like Mr. Gorman and Mr. Ryan would be content coming away with Buddy Heald, especially after the lasting memories of that playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks where the Celts losing Avery Bradley could not make a shot at all. So anyone who wants to offer their thoughts in the Facebook group or Facebook page can share them here on future shows. Facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Would love to know what you think, what Boston should do with the pick, who they should pick. Does Danny select Chris Dunn, even though as reports have surfaced, he may steer himself from Boston. Offer it in some sort of trade package. Let it be known. Again, would love to know what you think. Definitely going to shout you out on future shows. If you want it, but time to offer up our airspace to someone whose opinion holds a lot of water in the basketball realm. Time for our featured guest segment with ESPN Basketball Insider Jeff Goodman. And our interview with Jeff is brought to you by American Farmers Network. A consumer should know where their food comes from and the standards that should be adhered to. And American Farmers Network's meats are produced by the network of small family farmers who are committed to the most natural and compassionate approach to ranching. Their production standards go above and beyond. Even USDA regulations and all of their certified organic beef is 100% grass-fed from poultry to pork and, of course, beef. AFN's family ranchers are committed to providing you and your family with the healthiest, most nutritious meat so you can live the healthy lifestyle in which you have a right to. What are you waiting for? Log on to AmericanFarmersNetwork.com right now to eat and live healthy today. Jeff, thanks for hanging in there. Welcome back into the show and offering us your time on what was we know an absolutely crazy week for you as you're going to go pretty damn hard at this until the end of June. So once again, thank you. Again, Jeff Goodman, ESPN Basketball Insider. Jeff, uh, once again, Celtics, they couldn't overcome the odds, fight through adversity, win when it counted, however you want to describe it. But receive the third overall draft selection in this coming draft, coming off a 48-win season. So I'll ask you, how do you think people – within the organization should feel about Tuesday's result. 
Well, I, I think it's a double-edged sword. I mean, listen, on one hand, you've got to be ecstatic with the, the trade Danny Ainge made just to have the number three pick right now and be in the hunt when they were a playoff team. On the other hand, certainly uh, you were hoping that they would get a top two pick because, you know, those guys, I think, not only at a little bit different level, Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram and everybody else, but also the third guy to me talent-wise is Chris Dunn out of Providence, and he's a similar point guard to what you already have in Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier, who are athletic, uh, you know, shooting-challenged point guards that are more defensive-minded and tough. And I think Chris Dunn fits into that mold. I think he's more talented than those two guys. Uh, but I think that's kind of the issue now is what do you do with that number three pick? Because it's not a given. It's not like you knew you were going to take Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram if you had the number one or two picks. Yeah, Jeff, I saw Fran Fischella, your colleague, I believe, tweet something out Tuesday night after the draft that Chris Dunn is, in his eyes, the third best player. And probably in Boston's eyes, the third best player in the draft. Danny Ainge said at his press conference, post-game press conference that you can check out on CLNSRadio.com for those that are listening, that they're going to take the best player available. But at the end of the day, do you really see Boston doing that, of course, pending they keep the pick, which is a, going to be a discussion for a little later in this interview? Um, again, with, with Danny, you just don't know. And, and I think he's going to explore all the options right now, right? I mean, you've got to... You've got to see if somebody loves a Chris Dunn, a Buddy Heald, a Jamal Murray enough to trade up, want that number three pick, and give you a proven commodity already. Because I think if you can do that, you know, you've got enough other draft picks too. You've got a lot of chips. That's what they've accumulated. A lot of chips, not a lot of star players. So you've got to explore all options, which Danny Ainge will certainly do. If you can't trade that pick, let's say you just can't get enough, I think you've got to, you know, maybe you see what you can get for Marcus Smart if you really love Chris Dunn enough, which I do think they really like Chris Dunn a lot. And if, if that's not the case and you can't move Marcus Smart and you're certainly not going to move Terry Rozier right now, there's just not enough value to move him. Uh, but if you can't move Marcus Smart, then I think you do have to go with with – you know, whether it's a Buddy Heald, a Jamal Murray, uh, those are the guys to me that fit what they need the most, right? I mean, you need another scorer. Shooter. A shooter. Uh, shooter. Yeah, they're they're both that. I mean, that's what they are. They're both shooters. The difference is Buddy Heald is probably a little bit more NBA ready uh, because, you know, he's a senior. Um Jamal Murray, just a freshman this last year, was terrific in stretches. Uh, not quite as athletic as Buddy Heald. Not quite as seasoned as Buddy Heald. I mean, Buddy, listen, I've spent a lot of time with Buddy Heald over the last couple of years. And I even went down, I did a piece on on him from the Bahamas uh, right before the, the Final Four and spent some time with his family down where he grew up. And it's an amazing story. So I may not be the most objective because – I know the kid very well and love him, and everybody loves him as a kid. High character. Long Kruger, his coach at Oklahoma, has told me several times he's the hardest-working kid he's ever been around. And Long Kruger's coached, as you know, in the NBA at several stops in college. So uh, I don't think you can go wrong with those guys, and I think they fit a need and will make your team better immediately because you could put both Heald and Jamal Murray out there uh, tomorrow and they can make shots. Uh, and, again, Buddy can do more off the bounce than he could a year ago. So, you know, the, I, I like Buddy Heal for the Celtics if they stay at three. Buddy Heal was a guy that Mike Gorman mentioned on last week's show and even Bob Ryan a few weeks ago because especially if you watch the playoff series, which I, mean, I can't blame you if you did, and it was a pretty ugly series at times against Atlanta because the Celtics just, what it came down to was they couldn't make a shot. They had no one to make an outside shot. Sure enough, who's the best call, um, shooter in this draft? is Buddy Heald, and that's why that name has been attached to Boston, pending Boston not getting that one or two pick, which is exactly what happened Tuesday night. Outside of a superstar player, like, of course, but if you're looking at it from just certain aspects, what do you think is sort of the Celts' biggest need? Is it, you know, is it shooting? 
Is it especially when they lose Jared Sollinger in all likelihood in free agency? Is it rebounding? What is sort of an area of a you know a basketball skill from a team in an individual individual standpoint that they need to address? I mean, it is skill. It's skill at the, at the wing position to me. You know, which is why again the number two pick would have been great because Brandon Ingram is long, skilled, can shoot the ball. So he would have been the perfect player for the Boston Celtics. Um, another guy I haven't mentioned that fits to some degree. I'm not sure I'd take him at three, but I think he could be in the conversation. Probably would have been had they been at five or six is Jalen Brown, who's coming out after one year at Cal. He fits what they need from, from the standpoint of a big physical wing. You know, he's got a body like better than Paul Pierce. Uh, he's that type of, of, of body, but not that type of skill. He can't make shots like Paul could. He, he kind of compares to Stanley Johnson, the rookie with the Detroit Pistons. You were big on him last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I like both of them. I'm just not sure I like him at three, and I don't love him because right now, for the Celtics, I don't necessarily love him because the floor is spacing. I don't think he's a guy that can space a floor because he, he's not a threat to make shots. Stanley Johnson impressed me because – his perimeter shot was better than I thought it was at Arizona and, and even this year early in the season at, in Detroit. Jalen Brown, not really a threat. You'd have too many guys on the floor that you just kind of can't really space the floor. You go under screens on, on most of these guys. So that's why I think, again, Buddy helps you because he becomes a floor spacer, an instant threat. You can throw him out there tomorrow. He can help you. High character, works hard, tough. All of the above, you know, again, is he Brandon Ingram with that upside? Maybe not, but I'll tell you what, he, he's ready to impact an NBA game right now, which I'm not sure Brandon Ingram is with his his body frame. Uh, you know, buddy, Buddy's a tough kid. You know, he's probably a little bit better than Ingram is defensively. Um, but again, Ingram, Ingram 6'9", 6'10". That's why people loved him. The upside, you know, everybody likes the Kevin Durant comparison. He's not going to be the shooter that Kevin Durant is. But I, I think, you know, it, it's a tough one with the Celtics right now. But, again, I, I just think at the end of the day, you go with a Heald or a Murray. The other guy that we're going to hear a little bit about is Dragon Bender, uh, the kid who's playing at uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv right now from Croatia, seven-footer, skilled. I just don't know if that's really what the Celtics need, and I'm not sure – He's that much better than the other guys. I don't think he is from everything that I've been told by NBA guys that have seen him multiple times. It's not like he's at a level higher than, than Buddy Heald. They're different position-wise in Jamal Murray. But the Celtics have, right? I mean, they've got face-up skilled format. I mean, they've got Kelly Olenek, and I don't know what's going to happen with Solinger, but certainly they've got a couple of those guys already. Is there anything to Danny Ainge maybe not being too high on Europeans? I've never searched I've never seen Ben. How, how, how much have you seen him play, Dragon Bender? On tape, a bunch. I missed that out. I wanted to see him. He came over and played two preseason games here in, in Chicago and New York, or I think it was New York and New Jersey earlier this year. Um, you know, again, the problem is now you're going to face his Porzingis having such a good year. I think it's a lot easier to take a, a European guy than it was for the last few seasons. Um, not that Danny usually cares about what people think. I mean, he, he really doesn't at all. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't see him taking Bender with a number three pick. I could be wrong at the end of the day, but I, I'd be surprised. You never really know, too, in this draft, and that's why when you started talking about Jalen Brown, he's maybe not a guy you pick at three, but a guy you pick maybe around five to seven. But if you even recall, I think it was the draft – yeah, it was, a, it was the 2014 draft. It was the Smart draft, uh, and that was the draft where people didn't think that Marcus Smart would get to number six, and yeah. the name that was being thrown around on Boston's end at that was Aaron Gordon. He had you know, a lot of big camps, a lot of good private workouts, and all of a sudden he rocketed right up the board. He was a guy who was like late lottery going into that lottery. Then all of a sudden he's you know, back end, 9-10. Then the, the Magic steal him at four. So at this time, I guess it's, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, but it's safe to say that we don't know who – who could jump up the board so high and could be someone who could be selected in the three to four range. Are there any late risers that you could see as we get closer and closer to the draft that Celtics fans should be sort of paying attention to? I think those are the guys that you'd be talking about that would be able, you know, there's some upside guys 
bigs, but I just don't see him going that route with it, with a kid like Marquise Chris from Washington, uh, Deontay Davis. Those guys are, are years away from making an impact. Jakob Pertle could help him. Um, I, I think, you know, he's a guy that I think goes lower. I, I think the guys we mentioned are the guys that they're going to look at at the end of the day. I mean, again, you know, to me it would be Chris Dunn uh, if you move Marcus Smart, Jamal Murray and Buddy Heald if you want kind of that that two guard, and Jamal Murray can play some point, and and they're both big. You know, they're both they've got good size for the, for their position. They're both about six five, and then if you want to go take a look at Dragon Bender, um, I, I don't think he fits as well. And then Jalen Brown is another. Those are the, the, to me, the five guys that you're probably going to choose from if you're the Celtics. Do you think Boston puts that premium as you sort of mentioned? I, I just I mean, listen. I'm not, a, I'm not in college basketball anywhere near you are, but I just get that inkling that with the team as competitive as they've been the last year and a half, and as we expect them to be this year, even no matter what happens in the offseason, whether they make these huge moves, fireworks, quote unquote, or even if they return relatively the same team. Don't you get an inkling that the Celts want to select a player who's fairly ready-made and can come in right away and contribute in some capacity or another rather than I – mean, I hate using the word project, but I think that's the only word that we can use here. Yeah, listen, yes. For the most part, I do. But if, but if you're talking about a guy with high, high upside that you know you, – you have confidence has a chance to be a, a potential star in the league – which I don't think any of those guys I mentioned are. You know, Deontay yeah. Davis is going to be a good player. And that's why I asked you. Know, like freshman that. at Michigan State, he averaged seven points a game. Marquise Chris, talented. I was kind of the first one on him at the beginning of the season. Uh, but again, he, he's a work in progress. Even Henry Ellenson, talented, face up four. I think they would rather have somebody that can help them now. Um, again, the question is going to be. For the number three pick, what what are the offers out there? What are the legitimate offers out there? At least with Buddy Heald, you're getting younger, I guess, with a kid coming out of college. But you know, Buddy Heald's been in college for four years. Chris Dunn has been in college for four years, although he's only played basically two full seasons. Um, you know, Jamal Murray a little bit younger, Jalen Brown a little bit younger. I think Jalen Brown, it's going to take some time for him. You know, again, because he, he doesn't shoot the ball well, he's only played in college for a year. If you watch him play, he's still trying to figure out kind of uh, decision making, especially in the offensive end, at both ends, really, even defensively. Uh, he kind of played bully ball in, in AU and in high school. So I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for him at the next level in the NBA when guys are just as physically uh, strong, because that's where he's had an advantage throughout the last few years. Yeah, I haven't heard rave reviews on Jalen Brown. They all seem like risks one way or another outside of the top two. However, it looks like Heald is he. I mean, he looks like a surefire guy. I mean, he maybe yeah. he might not blow the you know the doors off you in the in the league, but he seems like as close of an automatic as I mean, it seems like he's a player where you know what you're going to get with Buddy Heald, whereas these other guys it seems like a slight roll of the dice. They could certainly pan out and excel in the NBA. Seems like heels almost an automatic should help this team at the very least give them an outside shooter because I'd argue the Celtics team really only has two plus shooters at their position. Yeah, maybe three. You can throw Olenek in, in there for a forward. They only have three plus shooters on this team for their position. Everyone else is an average is pretty much as an average outside shot. Heald can come in and help yeah. this team right away with shooting, but. Is he really the only surefire guy? Maybe done. Who are the guys that are sort of automatic, and who are just, are who are the absolute risks? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Heald is is a safe bet. Okay, I think he's a safe bet. Um, I think Jamal Murray is a safe bet. I think he's going to be a very good player. He played off the ball this year at Kentucky. Again, I think in the NBA, he could play either backcourt spot. He's got the size. He can really, really shoot the ball. I think he's got better court vision than he showed this year. Not great defensively, uh, but I, I think he's a solid, solid player in the league for a long time and could be an all-star. Um, Chris Dunn, you know, again, here, here's my question to you. Like, okay, 
can you trade Marcus Smart right now? Is his value high enough that you could trade Marcus Smart and and your your second first round pick and get a decent big man? I'm not that, sure. That's <laughs> that's the big thing. Like, okay, what you do today, and this doesn't fit their team that well, but but I think he helps their team. Would you do Marcus Smart for Nerlens Noel right now and then draft Chris Dunn? The problem is then you, you have too many non-shooters. But would you do Marcus Smart for Nerlens Noel today? I think I would. They're just finding a good defensive big man out there is hard enough. That's why when you mentioned, you know, would you trade Marcus Smart for a big man? I, I initially drew a blank. I was like, whoa, geez, you know, who out there? They're, they are certainly nowhere. They, as the old, old adage goes, they certainly do not grow on trees. So, yes, hypothetically, that is something I would do. That, I mean, that's an interesting one. Nerlens is from here. He doesn't fit well with Jaleel Okafor. Yeah, he had a bad year last year, too. I worry about him being in that pretty much horrible situation. I mean, it's it's an easy place to, you know, lose your interest for basketball. He needs to kind of be taken off that ship. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nerlens is a guy that I don't think fits well with Okafor. I think Philly kind of knows that. Uh, it's a new regime there now. Uh, do they look at... The question is, how much value does Marcus Smart have? And how much else would you have to potentially trade along with Marcus Smart to get a proven big? No, Noel's a little bit of a risk, too. As I said, he did not have the best year last year. You but, worry about him. I don't want to say declining, but he needs to get out He needs to get out of there. It's almost like you're salvaging him in, in some capacity from Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I just I, – if I'm, if I'm Ainge, that's the first, the first way I go is to see – if I could get value for Marcus Smart, what I can get, and if I can, then I draft Chris Dunn. If not, I think then the, the option B is Buddy Heald. That's what, my take. What about – I'm going to go back to you now, so I'll turn right back on you. What about Okafor? There's been a lot of, you know, should Boston throw the third pick for Jalil Okafor? Is that a hypothetical that you'd be at all intrigued in from Boston's end? Yeah, sure. I, I don't think Philly would do it. You know, I, I just don't see him trading Jaleel Okafor for the third pick this year. What do you think the uh, overall, in, in general, what do you think the value of that third overall selection is? I don't know how I could possibly get that to you. Mathematically, you talk about it. But what do you think is a general value for the third overall pick that the Celtics have, uh, let's say, on the trade market? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't... That's a very open-ended question. Yeah, that's it's so as open-ended as it gets. To say at this point, the value, of, you know, the value of this number three pick would be, like, to me, like a fourth starter on a team. Something like that. Really? Fourth starter? Like a fourth guy on your team. Oof. So, I mean, I, I was even going to say, like, so it's if Boston wanted to make the move for Jimmy Butler, and that's the name everyone attaches to Boston because yep. it just seems to make – just so much sense. How much more would it take to get Butler besides the third pick? Chicago is not going to trade Jimmy Butler. Okay, they're not. What else do they have? They I can't. I was thinking that Chicago Noah? would do it out of oh, maybe they want to re- reset the franchise. Nah, you can't. You can't trade Jimmy Butler if you're Chicago. You can't. Now again, I would give up all three first round picks. That's a haul. That's pretty big. And I would give up a player for wow. Jimmy Butler. A player of the caliber of, say, like a Marcus Smart, right? Avery Bradley or something? In two seconds. I, I would do that trade in two seconds. Because so, Jimmy Butler then becomes your best player immediately. He's pretty good offensively. He's a killer. Two-way player. He fits with, with their culture, you know, of, of the Jake Crowders and the Avery Bradleys. And, yeah, then you're, then you're a shooter away. I mean, then you're legitimately a, a, a point guard – but then once you, once you trade those Nets picks, what else do you have to trade? You have, Nets, the, Nets, uh, you have the Nets pick next year. Oh, I thought you said you would trade all three Nets picks. No, I would trade oh, all, all three. All three in this draft. Oh, okay. That's why I was just like, well, yeah. that's kind of a. No, I would get rid of all the, whatever you want from the picks this year. Okay. I so initially th- thought that you said all three Nets pick. No, Avery I would Bradley. not say the Nets pick next year. I'm not getting rid of because I, I, their, their draft next year is terrific. Like. If the Nets are as bad as I think they could be again next year. And they're stuck. They're in handcuffs. Yeah, I mean, they could be worse. No, they're screwed. Uh, that, that's the thing out about this pick, out the, this trade, Jeff, is we don't know how much is going to help the Celtics, right? I mean, teams have been picking at the top end of the lottery. I mean, you know, the Celtics are going to have lottery picks uh, for the next 
three years, but the Clippers were picking at the top end of the lottery for 35 years. I you know, it didn't get them anything. Philadelphia has been at the tippity top of the lottery the last five. So, you know, it's, you still don't, you don't know how much this trade is going to help the Celtics, but you know, this trade kills the Nets. They're screwed because they can improve their team in any way. And not only does that hurt them in the draft, it also hurts them in free agency. No one's going to want to play for them. They're stuck with an NBDL <laughs> roster for the next four years. So they're going to have rooting. Fun. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're rooting for the Sixers to be better this year because you need the Nets. What if the Nets are the worst team in the NBA That's next poss- year? And that is possible. Of course right. it is. And if it is, you're talking about the Celtics potentially getting, if he's healthy, Harry Giles, who I think is a franchise player. He's going to Duke this year. He's coming off another knee injury, not as severe as the one that kept him out of sophomore year of high school. Harry Giles is unbelievable when he when he's healthy. I mean, he, he'd be the number one pick this year if he's healthy. Again. So he's better than these uh, guys. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he's tremendous in my opinion, and and this draft next year is 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 loaded. You know, really good point guards, uh, Josh Jackson, a big time wing, um, Jason Tatum. Also going to Duke, who's about six eight, uh, skilled forward. There, there's a ton, so they don't even have to get one necessarily next year. But again, the Nets could give you one. In, in being the worst team in the league, I believe that means that you get no worse than four. So you're telling right. me that the draft is almost four deep of franchise transcendent guys. Uh, I'm not sure franchise transcendent, but four that I would be very confident could be. Multiple all-star type guys. I don't want to throw wounds on this draft because I have not gotten to it yet because this was the whole thing from Tuesday night. The whole fallout was they didn't get the one of the two. Are Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram, are they the quote-unquote transcendent players? Are they franchise game changers? Did the Celtics really miss out that much by not getting the one of the two? I I don't know. I I think the jury is still out on both. Ben Simmons is an interesting player because you've got to use him, utilize him in the right way. I mean, he's a 6'9", 6'10", kind of point forward. So the system and the other players around him and how they use him and how much they put the ball in his hands will determine how successful Ben Simmons is. Uh, I think Brandon Ingram's a not a top 10 player in in the league. But again, listen, and I tweeted this last night. Steph Curry was drafted where? Eight, right? Seven or eight? Seven. Okay. Draymond Green was like 35, 36. Jimmy Butler was 30. There, there are just so many uh, guys right now that you just Kawhi don't Kawhi Leonard was 14, right? 13, 14, something right. like that? Paul George, 10. <laughs> it's it's amazing in, the, in recent years the uh, amount of great players. I think only Durant, Russell Westbrook, and I know he had a bad year, Anthony Davis, but I'd still definitely take him as one of the, you know, I'm picking a team, one of the first five or six guys I take, LeBron. But after that, it's amazing how so many of the superstars in the league yeah. now are like. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, listen, the there, it never happened been a lot of years cops. ago. It's never happened years ago. Right, right. No, I I, I think again, even even if, with their second pick, can they get a player that that helps them this year if they keep it? I think they can. I the the one thing with this draft is again, it's not top heavy. But there's a lot of good players. Like you can evaluate and get a good player with that second pick that is an upgrade over some of the talent you have right now. Who are the some of the names that the Celts should look at? Penn and they keep the picks because they're going to have to move. I know that I think they have like five second round picks, so let's just forget about that. They're gonna have to shuffle those around. But they do have a few other first round draft choices. Want to throw some other names out there for fans and or any any other yeah. general NBA observers who should be aware of that could be, you know, going to Boston in the middle stages of the first round? Yeah, I mean, like, like to me, there's plenty. You know, there's some of the foreign guys, but like Henry Ellenson, a, a skilled big guy, could, Denzel Valentine, who's uh, was the second best player in college basketball this year for Michigan State, a senior, uh, kind of a, a six six two guard. He can shoot it. He just knows how to play. Marquise Chris, as I mentioned earlier, I think he'll go probably a little bit higher than that pick. Uh, really, really talented four man, kind of a project. Will take some time to develop, but athletic, 6'9", also can shoot it from the perimeter. Uh, You got guys like that. Sabonis, DeMontis Sabonis, son of Arvidas, is a killer. Just goes hard, 6'10", straight power forward. He's a beast. Um, 
Damian Jones, a, a, a skilled seven-footer out of Vanderbilt, uh, who the, the knock on him is toughness a little bit, but runs really well, uh, athletic, gotten better uh, in terms of, of, of toughness. And, and, again, there's a bunch of foreign guys that I could see Danny Ainge maybe, although I think he does that more in the second round. That he'll take a foreign guy or two and, throw and snatch. Away. Yeah, and I think this. Yeah. I, I think that's certainly something that the Celts just should look at based on the numbers game alone, because they can. They almost don't have enough room on their roster next year for. I mean, they're going to have to trade some of these picks regardless, but they have to right. trade. I would think almost. I would say the majority of them because they certainly don't have the space on their roster next year. And I would also like to think that even if they do lose some of their top caliber players like Sullinger and Turner free in free agency, they're in a situation where they are competitive enough, they're probably going to want to fill those spots with yep. probably a veteran or two rather than just continuing to load up the roster with rookies and, and first-year guys. I wanted This is pivot towards sort of team-building strategy. You know, every year, media here in Boston, which I know you're very familiar with, the fans, it seems like, I know Wick Rosbeck especially, it all seems like they're waiting for this uh, eruption, the, the fireworks or whatever, but every year I just kind of say to myself, I don't really think those opportunities are there. Certainly now with Oklahoma City in the Western Conference Finals, any shrivel of a chance that Kevin Durant had of ex- legitimately exploring free agency, I think right now that's out the window. And after that, there's really I mean, no really other game changers out there in free agency. I don't know, I guess you can go Al Horford, but I don't think you could refer to him as is that type of piece at this point as he's on the back nine of his career. So now you look at it. The free agent market isn't white hot. The trade market is certainly not white hot. You sort of threw cold water all over any Jimmy Butler possibilities. Is it probably as of now in this present situation, Boston's best bet to sort of build slowly, get better little by little, and do this primarily through the draft? Yeah, just because of where they're at. Sure. I mean, you know, I was talking to Danny about that in, in Chicago and, you know, thinking about it. If they hit it in this this pick, again, you got the number three pick. You don't need to cry about it. It's it's still a good pick. It's not one or two, but it still should provide a, a potential all star player, hopefully. Um, and then you sign a free agent that you know. Again, we talked about this earlier. Are you you know? Do you want to overpay for for Harrison Barnes? Draymond Green was the name you threw last year, so now we're gonna go to, we're gonna go back to Golden no, State. but I don't like Harrison like I like Draymond. So I I love Draymond. Like I would have said absolutely a thousand percent with with Draymond. With Harrison, I don't know if I, I mean, I certainly don't think I would pay huge, huge money. I think he's going to get it from somebody though. But I tell you, Jeff, the thing though with, you know, throwing big money at Harrison Barnes and seeing that it sticks is A, that's a very Nick thing to do. And B, what does that get you? What does adding Harrison Barnes to this team really get in having that as a finished I don't even say a finished product you still maintain a decent amount of flexibility but how much is how many steps forward do you take I think if if, I I think that adds especially if you're letting Selinger go I think that adds one to three wins to this team at best yeah I, I listen the only thing you'd say is do we know what Harrison Barnes is on Golden State uh can he be more than that because in in Golden State he's the fourth or fifth option can he be a two or three guy? And if he can, is he worth 20 something million dollars a year? I, I don't know. I mean, it certainly would handcuff you. Yeah. That's a um, risk. Yeah. That's- I don't think I'd do it. I think the only way you do it is if you know over the next couple of years, you're not going to even get a guy at the level of Harrison Barnes in free agency. And, you know, you, you you've got to kind of know who you are and what you can get and, know who's available and, and, and what type of uh, odds you have of getting a guy like that because I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't think I'd do it either. I'd be willing to wait that out. I mean, you'd say you don't know if you can get someone the caliber of Harrison Barnes in free agency. I don't know. And plus also keeping that salary slot open allows you to be a lot more flexible in trades. But I'll make Absolutely. this real fun. Give me some sort of prediction for between now and let's see the draft is like the 23rd or the 25th of June or something like that. I can't remember the day. I'm sure you know the day right off the top of your head. Give me your prediction of between now and call it June 30th, right before free agency. Yeah. With the Celtics. Prediction of what? 
what they're going to do with the draft choice. Trade it, select this guy. I don't think they're going to no. I think everybody values, you know, I think Danny Angel value that draft pick as to more than it's worth. So I don't think he'll be able to, to trade it. And I think thus that means he's got to pick somebody at number three at the end of the day. And I think he goes with Buddy Hill. I'm for that. You know, I'm, I'm for but that. Could be, you know, again, I don't know who he likes better out of, out of Buddy Hill than Jamal Murray. I think you got to go with one of those two just because, again, it, you can't have a roster with Chris Dunn, Marcus Smart, and Terry Rozier. And Avery and Bradley. I mean, you have you, you talked about trading smart. Uh, we yep. had a discussion on last week's show with Mike Walsh of CLNS Radio right after Mike Gorman came on. I told Mike, I specifically thought, I thought Bradley was the guy that is most likely to be moved this offseason because of, solely because of the fact that he's a proven veteran in and around the league. He has a very manageable salary for other teams to take on and allows you to be a little more flexible with smart and you know allows you to wait things out with smart. Yeah, I, I love Avery. I mean, for what he is, I love Avery. I don't, I don't love Avery as like a number one or two option in your team. But, man, he's gotten better shooting the ball. He, he can defends. fit on any team. That's, the, that's what's big about him. And that's why he has, I think, a decent amount of value in the market is he can fit anywhere. If, if your first two guards coming off the bench, and I know people will kill me for this, but it's in my opinion, it's still true. If your first two guards coming off the bench are Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas, you have a championship caliber team. I think Isaiah has proven him. I don't think you. I think that door is now closed with Isaiah. He. I don't. I'm not sure he'd be willing to accept coming off the bench anymore. I mean, if no, you make, he would. If you make once you make the All Star team, it's sort of like, you know, I, I. I was initially one of those guys about Isaiah. I thought Isaiah was yeah, you know, spark plug off the bench, Andrew Tony, Vinny Johnson, or whatnot. But once he, in, in the whole time he was saying to himself, "I'm a starter. I'm a starter. I'm a starter." So you know, he had the opportunity to start. He made the most of it, and then some. I don't think he can ever go back to that. Plus, he's you know in the second tier of guards in the NBA. I think he's absolutely a starter in this league. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with saying I'm saying on a on a great team. He, he, on he's a dream a great team, like if Russell Westbrook was your starting point guard, and then you bring Isaiah off the bench. I mean, I still think there are ten point guards that are better than Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I just I think know, on this team, on this team, he's perfect. They need a guy who can score. They need a guy who can do the things he can do. So he fits well on this team. But to me, I still say at the end of the day, in order to, you know, you ideally want Isaiah Thomas to be your your fourth option, you know, on the floor, your fourth best player on the floor. What about this, though? Because I, I know we can we can go back and forth on this all day. And once you said he's, you know, he's top 10 point guard, I still would, would argue that's starting caliber. But how about something like this? They pick Chris Dunn. Or even I would say Buddy Hill. Buddy's still a shooting guard or, or a wing player at that capacity. Yes. And, you know, they still, and they still have Smart on this team. And you say, you say to yourself, from a numbers game, you would probably want to move Smart or move Bradley. Or I, I, you know, let's just talk about Marcus Smart. And I was thinking about this this morning before our chat because I knew this was going to was going to come up uh, with you and and with anybody. Is you select another guard, which is you know from a position of strength or a position of need. That's not a huge need for the Celtics. Sure, could they upgrade there? Yes, but they certainly could use a lot more upgrades, I would say, on the front line now, especially after they lose Sullinger. But if you pick another guard, be it Heald, uh, Murray, or anybody else, Don, you would like to think, or you would like to think that would hope that puts a little competitive fire in, in Marcus to get a little bit better in the offseason, knowing that oh, he, could be tra- he could be tricked. Tra- okay. It's not that. Yeah, but it's not that. To me, it's it's not motivation. It's more, is he good enough? Is he, listen, there are days when he looks like, you know, a world beater and and makes threes. There there are other, he's not a great three-point shooter. Ultimately, he's an okay three-point shooter. But it's hard to be a decent three-point shooter the same way Derrick Rose did. And even the same way Dennis Johnson did. Now, he wasn't a three-point shooter, but he developed an outside shot after not being able to shoot for the longest of time. And that just comes with hard work in the offseason. Likewise, Rose worked really hard his first year. And that was a guy who couldn't make a free throw at Memphis. I'm sure you remember that. He worked very, very hard. With Smart, does Smart bust his balls in practice and on the court yes yeah but just yes. that monotonous tedious practice of thousand jump shots a day to develop a jump shot that is at least respectable in the nba that's really what i would looking at and maybe 
adding another guard to the rotation with a high lottery pick. Not a Terry Rozier picked at 16, 17, 18. I can't remember what it was last year. Not a Terry Rozier, but someone who legitimately could seriously take your job and get you shipped out to an NBA outpost like a Philadelphia, as you just mentioned. I just think ultimately for me is, is Marcus Smart a top 10 point guard in this league? And or on again, the his, one. his shooting's gotten better, but does he make people better? Is he a point guard? Does he? Chris Dunn makes people better. Chris Dunn's court vision is far superior to Marcus Smart. His athleticism is far superior to Marcus Smart. His defense is just as good as Marcus Smart's. His shot is about the same as Marcus Smart's. Speed, much better. Competitiveness, pretty close. So, like, Chris Dunn is a better point guard than Marcus Smart and an upgrade to me over Marcus Smart, especially at that position. Is it enough? I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have both them on the right. Like, Buddy Heald, yeah, Buddy Heald's a two. So you could easily, you know, Buddy Heald is a two guard. He fights Avery. You know, uh, then you could move Avery. If, if Buddy develops into the player that maybe some people think he will, you could move Avery then. And like you said, his contract's certainly very manageable to, to do so. Um, I think, really, it probably comes down to this. Do you feel like Marcus Smart can be an upper echelon point guard in this league if you're Danny Ainge? If you do, you don't draft Chris Dunn. You draft Buddy Heald or Jamal Murray. If you don't, you try to move him again like they did last year before the draft. See what you can get for him, and then you draft Chris Dunn if you love Chris Dunn. You were hot. you were big on Marcus before that 2014 draft. That whole winter uh, when I was talking I to you. Him. I love him for his toughness and all the intangibles and everything like that. I just, again, I want my point guard to be able to really score or make people better. Does he do either? As of now, no. No, I would totally agree with you, and that's why there's a there's a part of me where I would not. I mean, I would still say that was a good pick because he's going to have a long career just because of what he does. Not many other people yeah. else in the NBA can do. But I am slightly disappointed in the fact that he should be a little bit better than what he is right now. But it also was just year two last year. And if you're keeping Avery Bradley, you've got an elite perimeter defender. Do you need two? I mean, yeah, it's great to have them both, but but realistically, how much can you play both of them together? They need more outside shooting. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like to me, you've got to make that decision. Is Marcus Smart your point guard of the future or isn't he? That's where you you got to decide that now. Let's wrap this up in a, in a way to get you out of here, the most fun way. Would you say two questions? I'm going to ask this question and a little follow-up. Would you say the Celtics, I mean, it, this is impossible to predict because if you, for me, if you go back to the mid-2000s, the early 2000s, I would have told you Chicago had the best future in the NBA with, with Curry and Chandler and Kirk Heinrich and, and Jay Williams, and that just completely flopped. Um, but if you really had to bet, would you say of the bottom, I don't know, I'm going to call bottom tier teams, uh, of the non-contenders of that top five, of you know who's left in the final four, of the top, outside of the top contenders, would you say the Celtics, if you had to bet, probably have I don't know, the, the best future in the NBA to go a little lame and tacky on you? No, no, because I think whoever's, you know, whoever's got the best shot of, of signing an elite free agent has the best future of those teams. So, like, you know, you want to put the Miami Heat in there because I think they have a shot of signing Kevin Durant or somebody like that, I, I, you know, I, I don't. I wouldn't put the Celtics there, but I love their future because I love Brad Stevens, and I love the fact that they have all the you know these draft picks, and I think they've got some good good young players, not great young players, but good. So I, I like their future, but a lot of it rests on these next two draft picks. You know, this year's the number three, and then the Nets next year, and You're what you that. can. Yeah, and what you can get with a free agent, but I just don't see them getting an elite level free agent. And, and again, I see the Lakers getting one, maybe not this year, but next year, you know, with Russell Westbrook. And, and I think that takes them to a different level quicker than, than the Celtics. Jeff Goodman of ESPN can follow and converse with Jeff on Twitter at Goodman ESPN. Jeff, thank you so much for appearance number five on Celtics Beat. 
And I guess catch you again in November, previewing the college basketball season and talking a little bit more in depth about Well, we already did it earlier, but maybe more about the preliminary names of who the Celtics should be considering using their top five pick in the 2017 draft on. Sounds good. That'll be a a heck of a draft. So we'll, we'll, we'll have fun with next year's pick from the Nets and certainly next year's draft. It'll be, uh, there'll be a lot more anticipation than this year. Back after a brief programming note, you are listening to Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio. As the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics, CLNS Radio will continue its wall-to-wall coverage of the NBA's winningest franchise throughout the entire offseason. With the lottery drawing now in the rearview mirror, the countdown is on for the NBA draft on June 23rd. But don't wait until then. CLNS will provide live broadcasts, both in the audio and video format, to its Facebook page at facebook.com slash clnsfans, the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash clnsradio, as well as on the Celtics' post-game show feed on iTunes and Stitcher. Of course, weekly broadcasts of Celtics Beat and Celtics Stuff Live will continue. To get all this great content at your fingertips, download the CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android free of charge. You'll be able to enjoy the most enhanced coverage of the Boston Celtics anywhere at your own convenience and leisure, and you'll also help greatly support this network and the providers of this content by downloading the free CLNS Radio mobile app. Now, back to Celtics Beat, hosted by yours truly. Brought to you by American Farmers Network. Big benefits to small farms. AFN is a leading organic meat brand in the country. And to save big and eat big, log on to www.americanfarmersnetwork.com slash specials. Quality stuff, as always, from Jeff. A lot to take away from it. You know, how dare I? When Harrison Barnes' name came up, first off, major disclaimer, not the biggest Harrison Barnes guys I was talking about with Jeff. I know the train of thought with him is that he's a fourth option on Golden State, and then if he came to a team like Boston, as Jeff brought up, he'd be a guy giving you like 18 points a game. I hate doing this, but I, I do it so rarely, so I usually like to cite people and do so by name. But I have not been given rave reviews of Harrison Barnes by someone who I know very well and converse with on regularity regarding Mr. Barnes, someone who's of relevance within the Warriors organization. You got my word on that. And if you look hard and do a little research, you may find out who I'm referencing. But stated to me in private conversations that while Barnes has taken big strides the really last two years and even this past year when he came back, they just feel that he's not all there mentally, doesn't have the highest of basketball IQs. He should be, he technically should be a little bit better than he is. He's a really athletic guy because. He's not the smartest player. Very concerned how that would play out for him in the future when he would lose said athleticism. So hence myself and Jeff's lukewarm response at the hypothetical of signing Harrison Barnes to a big contract, max contract this year, because he's going to cost a ton with every team in the league having cap space and wanting to make a splash and produce fireworks of their own. Now, with that said, had a major brain cramp. Should have brought this up with Jeff. Read a great piece on CLNS Radio by CLNS Radio contributor David Kennedy Thursday morning on the website, still available in the Celtics Magazine section. Got me thinking that punting on this offseason, and this was my train of thought last summer when I felt the Celts should have been more aggressive in pursuing Greg Monroe last year. But while it may not sound ideal for the Celts to pursue B, B-plus level guys, it's pretty important that they get some pieces in the fold for a number of reasons that David laid out in his piece. For one, the cap is increasing, as we all know. So players, even this year, you know, like Monroe last year for $15 bucks, could be on better deals if the cap, especially when it spikes to a buck ten the following year, You can't keep rolling it over and waiting for Kevin Durant types. David did a nice job breaking down Boston's salary structure that they'd be able to absorb some contracts via trade that are a bit pricey yet would still have some room left over for a max salary slot or two depending on the scenario. So while veteran players that have what we think are half-three salaries and who may be on the downside of their career but can still produce, and these being trade scenarios, you know, i.e. Carmelo Anthony or a Marcus Soule who's been talked about in the Facebook group, had my man Eric J. from Sweden send me an email about him. 
That may be prudent for Boston to do something like that. A Ray Allen summer of 2007 replica, if you will. Get someone like that in Boston. Help make this team jump to not a title contender, but a mid-level team in the East to one of the better teams in the conference. Maybe in a Toronto category for next year. Or maybe even get a little bit bigger like a Blake Griffin, who Adrian Wojnarowski of the Vertical on this show. He mentioned his names, attached him to Boston in February for the Celtics this summer. That was back on a February edition of Celtics Speed. I believe Super Bowl Sunday, if I recall, when we had Woj uh, last on. So you can check out the archives on that. But that is something to keep in mind. It's something that I should have gone in depth a bit more with Jeff when discussing that scenario. And the importance for the Celts to get better for next year, even if they, once again, this summer, can't make that transcendent move, be it free agency, a trade, either of those avenues. Do that, you know, this year or even, uh, you know, next summer to leapfrog into title contention status. As I talked about with Jeff, it could be about building through the draft. This could be a lot more. This could be a slower but a steadier incline to the top than it was back 10 years ago when it was just bang all of a sudden right overnight. But that's something actually we can really delve into next week in our official off-season preview show. But this being the draft lottery recap show, well, I can forgive myself, I guess. But with that in mind, I'll say this. Touched upon it with Jeff. Listen, goes without saying, we want Boston to come away with the best possible player. And we look back on this coming draft three to five years from now. But I do think the Celts should really put more of a priority on ready-made guys. This team is growing. They're competing. And with the possibility that they may take a hit in free agency, they're going to need someone who can chip in each and every game. I mean, hey, hopefully help, but a a lot. But a contributor in some capacity. Definitely a rotation guy. Buddy Heald certainly makes all the sense in the world. Arguably the third best player in the draft. Offers up some necessary skills, serves as major insurance in the case of an Evan Turner departure, and from the words of Mr. Goodman, ready-made, safe bet guy. May not have the highest of ceilings, but he's certainly got an acceptable floor, so whether it be Dunn, Jalen Brown, Heald, Bender, Jamal Murray, Fled Frinstone, whomever... It is of my opinion that it is of utmost importance to come away with a component for the 2017 Celtics. And remember, too, we're going to be right back at this next year with another god-awful Nets team that in 2017 could be the worst team in the NBA. In a draft that Jeff said will be one of the best in years, you heard Jeff say that pretty much this 2017 Nets pick is pretty much off the table in trade discussions. Realistic trade possibilities, of course, you know, not the Anthony Davis, except, you know, fantasies. But those are powerful words coming from Jeff, someone who knows all these prospects from a basketball and personal level as he does. We'll definitely get him back here in the fall to talk about these guys next year. So this coming draft and what the Celtics do, I think this team has graduated past the level of being a stop, which goes with more risk and you know heavily developing players. They need someone who can help in the immediate and then grow from there. So that's my take on this number three overall selection. If they even use it this coming draft, if they use it, God forbid, maybe this is moved for a veteran, even though we had Jeff throw cold water all over Jimmy Butler. And notice, too, how I never mentioned DeMarcus Cousins' name. Wasn't going to do that to Mr. Goodman. No, I know, and you all know what we he thinks of him, so I wasn't going to go there. Maybe next week, maybe our unofficial official offseason preview special show on Episode number 159 of Celtics Beat, the number one podcast on the web dedicated to the NBA's winningest franchise. And that is going to do it for this week's show. Again, any help and support you can give this broadcast a subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes enters you into a contest to win a month's worth of meals from Blue Apron. Using that Celtics Beat address, blueapron.com slash Celtics Beat. When you visit Blue Apron, if you wish to order, which we would love if you did, Two free meals and free shipping. And, of course, download the free CLNS Radio mobile app to get all of CLNS's audio video coverage of the Boston Celtics right in the palm of your hands. As this continues tomorrow with Celtics Stuff Live on schedule for their 9 a.m. release time. So we'll see you there. And, of course, back here next week for episode number 159 of Celtics Beat. But for episode number 158, music for this show was provided by Will Rock, Joshua Mortz, and Steph Legrato. Be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is Celtics underscore Beat. And you can like Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio on Facebook to keep up with the show at Facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Also, Google Plus Celtics Beat on CLNS. 
Love to thank our guest, Jeff Goodman of ESPN. Today's sponsors, Blue Apron and American Farmers Network. And, of course, our audience for tuning in yet another week. Thank you again for our staff writer, Eddie Santiago, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, and myself, the executive producer and host of Celtics Beat, Larry H. Russell. See you next Sunday for another edition of Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Radio.